0: Well, any chance we can get a blast from the past, we'd love to do it. It's not that long ago, but Curry Sexton is joining us, former Kansas statewide receiver, second-team All-Big 12 guy back in 2014. He is now an attorney in Kansas City for Siegfried Bingham, and he joins us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. And before we dive into a lot of great issues with Curry Sexton, please take a moment out, guys. Leave us that rating, review, subscribe to this show, Uh, We are getting more of those every day. We've got 370 ratings on iTunes. And if you can take a moment out and leave one, it will help us tremendously. And I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail when you leave me a rating and review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's how we continue to beat The Athletic uh espn cbs in terms of big 12 podcast rankings it's because of you guys i can't thank you enough for doing that for being a part of it and uh, that's why i'm sending you a free koozie in return when you leave that rating review subscribe and send me a screenshot to pete mundo m-u-n-d-o at heartlandcollegesports.com appreciate you guys curry i wanted to bring you on because you're an attorney now um as we just noted You're also not that far removed from your college football playing days. So this name image likeness stuff, I thought would be pretty interesting with your perspective, but before we dive into that, uh, just take us through and take uh, fans through what you've been up to here the last uh, few years.
1: Yeah, well, first thanks, thanks for having me on Pete. It's good to, good to chat with you again. And I look forward to diving into the NIL stuff here in a bit. Uh, But, but, you know, I, 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 I'm fortunate to be to be in the position I am today, um, you know, as, an, as a young attorney in the Kansas City area, and I think a lot of that comes from, um, you know, is a result of my background as a student athlete, specifically as a student athlete under Bill Snyder. Um, so, you know, I, as as you may recall, and I apologize if you hear this dog barking, hey. as you may recall, and. In everyone's everyone's
0: working from home, man. So everyone gets yeah. it. It's all good. It's all good. It's part of the process. You see it on TV, the kids are walking on TV sets these days. Don't sweat it.
1: Yeah, I'm working at my in-laws and they have a new puppy <laughs> losing her mind. So, um, but it, anyway, so I so you know, I I had always intended to be a football coach after after my playing days were over and quickly realized I was burnt out on on football. Um and so decided to change course and, and, and consider other options. And law school became, you know, one of those options and ultimately was the route that I chose. Um, and then, you know, got, became really fascinated by the idea of, you know, private practice. Um, so ultimately decided to, to go that route. And I've, I've been with Siegfried Bingham in some capacity for the last four years. And, and I really, really enjoy it. Um, I tell a lot of people that, that my practice is, is very much like, like sport, um, just because of the, you know, the, the very, the competitive nature, um, the, the intricate detail that goes into practicing law. And so for those reasons, I, I find a lot of similarity. I draw a lot of comparison between sport and law and, and and really have enjoyed it. So, Mm -hmm. um, still, you know, still young in the career, but, but, but really enjoying the challenges. Um, and, 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 you know, learning a ton every day and every week.
0: So it's interesting, Curry, you know, your, your background now as an attorney, but also not being all that far removed from, uh, you know, your college athletic days at K-State and, um, you know, spending time obviously playing under Bill Snyder. When you think to this past week where we got now players able to make money off their name, image, and likeness, I always I think about how a guy like Bill Snyder would have handled a moment like this, and you know how things might have been different under his watch, and what that might look like. I mean, this is obviously a new world; we're learning more about it every single day. But first off, as a former athlete, uh, not all that far removed from this, what do you make of this and the opportunities that it presents—the positive and maybe the negative?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know. First off, I think. You know, I I don't think that this would have been something that that coach would have been overly comfortable with. Um, You know, I think I think there were, you know, the 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 limits that were currently or that, that were previously in place, I think, you know, had a had a strong impact on on a coach's ability to, to, you know, to limit distractions and and to keep guys engaged. And so I think from that perspective, coach would have, pro- he probably would have not been a huge fan of these changes um, had he still been, had he still been the head coach. Um, and then I think looking at your kind of the second question there as to the pros and the cons, I mean, I think the pros are, I think the pros significantly outweigh the cons. Um, you know, I think w- you look at the, you look at the NCAA model as it was, you know, prior to July one. And that model was, you know, had, had, had effect, had effectuated a, a monopoly on the student athlete market. And this was a model that, that, you know, enabled the NCAA conferences, the member institutions, college coaches, athletic directors and the like to just make enormous amounts of money. Enormous amounts of money that that you know was was generated in large part by the student athletes who were ultimately putting the product on the on the playing field, um, and so I think when you know when looking at it from that perspective, I think it's 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 I, I'm glad that student athletes are finally getting are finally able to earn compensation from their name, image, and likeness because the way I look at it is you know you, you obviously have the Trevor Lawrence's and the Zion Williamses of the world who are going to make a ton of money off in you know nil but all you know will also make a ton of of money playing professionally but there are a lot of guys out there guys you know a lot like myself when i was in college who have a very short window to capitalize on an on on your name image and likeness and if you're not able to do it in college well that window is 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 extremely you know is extremely short post-college um so i think from that perspective it, it will really help guys who are those really good college players but can't cut it um in the NFL or, or or professionally whatever whatever that sport may be. Um so I mean ultimately I think the pros are are significant. I think the cons are obviously just that you know you, you worry that you know that does it change does it change the way that college sports look? I mean do, do college sports become a quasi professional sports league or a minor sports league? Um, you know what does this do is what, what does this do to, I mean, are, are kids going to be distracted by NIL to the point yeah. that it, that it impacts their performance? I mean, are, is, what's this going to do to the locker room? Are guys going to start getting, you know, are, are, is this going to create a rift between, you know, between the, between the players or between players and staff? I mean, I think those are the, the concerns, but I think ultimately those are just that. They're just concerns at this point. We don't know what that will look like. And I think at the end of the day, allowing players to capitalize on their you know on on their name their image their likeness is something that's been desperately needed for a, for a long time in my opinion
0: do you feel like curry i mean were you a guy you were i mean a really good player obviously second team all big 12 like what could a guy like you have do you think that car dealers or things of that nature would have paid you for name image and likeness would have been more let's say endorsement deals on social media which I know were not as big of a thing back in 2014 let's say as they are right now but like a guy of of your stature who you know had a lot of success maybe wasn't a superstar what what do you think the options would have been for a guy like you
1: yeah, that's that's a great question and something that I've given a lot of thought to, and it's it's really hard to say given given that we didn't get the opportunity to explore those options. Um, but but in 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 my experience at Case State and seeing what guys were able to do um, post college, I think there would have been you know there would have been a lot of opportunities in the Manhattan area and throughout the state of Kansas. Um, you know, I know that for instance, one one local car dealership ran some ran some commercials and ads with Colin Klein and Chris Harper after, after they graduated After you know, following the 2012 season. Um, I personally had, you know, Open Doors is a, is, a, is a company that's very, very prominent right now in this NIL world, um, you know, working with, working with universities for kind of as a third party to, to facilitate these marketing relationships for student athletes. I worked with Open Doors after I graduated, you know, putting out ads on my Twitter account um, for, you know, for, for various companies. Um, and so, so that's, that's something that I think would have been a possibility because obviously student athletes generally have a, have a, you know, more substantial following than the, you know, th- than the, you know, non-student athlete, than the, than the fan maybe. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, there would have been possibilities there. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I think being from a, you know, from a small community nearby manhattan i think i would have had opportunities back in my hometown just because i come from a you know come from a small town where people generally don't go play college football at a high level um and and i've seen you know cody white here obviously is is a is a you know really good nfl player but he's had significant opportunities back in our hometown um post post college so i think the opportunities would have been they would have certainly been out there um you know i think you know, K State kind of has a unique community. I think there's there's a you know obviously robust support, but I think there's also a lot of a lot of you know money out there, and so I think it would have just been a matter of finding the right relationships and and and, and going out there and, and marketing. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you know that that's that's what's exciting about it is that nobody really knows what that looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, no one does. So now, Curry, as you look at this thing going forward, I mean. Coach Kleiman is obviously the man now in Manhattan. He's in charge of the operation. You mentioned that Coach Snyder may not have been a great fit for this environment. Uh, what do you make of then what Coach Kleiman's going to have to do to help these guys navigate this? And based on what you know about the program and Coach Kleiman himself, uh, h- how do you think that will go?
1: Yeah, I think I think Coach Kleiman, um, I, think, I think the staff will probably try to get out in front of it. I don't think you really have a choice at this point. Um, the way that, the, you know, the way that universities, the way that, that programs handle this NIL stuff is going gonna, is gonna to play a huge role in, in how they recruit in the coming years. And so I don't think schools have any, any choice but to do everything they can to facilitate relationships for the student-athletes and to, to help the student-athletes market themselves, but to help them do it in a way that, that you know, protects them in the end and, and makes the most sense for them as individuals. And I don't have really any doubts that Coach Climate and his staff will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the interesting thing is that that you know the, the the legislation out there right now is is all over the place, and and there's you know there it's sort of it's sort of a free for all. Um, I think is is a, is a good way to characterize it. Um, you have you know you have ten or fifteen states where where kids can right now can can earn. You know, compensation from their name, image and likeness and, and be subject to state laws, state laws that are in place that, that, that went into effect or had the option to go into effect last, you know, last week on July 1st. And then you have a significant number of states where there, there aren't laws in place. And so then it becomes a little bit trickier. I mean, from from an individual school perspective, because you're not you don't have any state legislation to rely on. So you're you're the only thing you can then rely on is the limited guidance that the NCAA put out. that basically said, you know, we're 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 removing these previous amateurism restrictions. Um, you know, pay for play is still prohibited. Look to your state laws or, or you know, or individual school you know, rules. And so then it then it falls on the school to make sure that they're providing opportunities for their student athletes that aren't going to then cause problems with the NTAA Yeah. Um, so I think that you know that presents a unique you know that presents a unique challenge for schools like Kansas State. Um, but at the same time, when considering the the recent Supreme Court decision and and, and the Alston case, I don't know how you know. I don't know what the NCAA's palette for challenging or for, you know, for, for really strongly regulating the NIL stuff is going to be in the short term. So it's, it's a really, really interesting time right now for, for, for collegiate sports, um, given the developments of the last couple weeks.
0: No, it is. It is fascinating. It's going to be a lot of fun to follow. Uh, and we appreciate you kind of chiming in on this and giving us your perspective. Uh, I, I do want to ask you, though, when you look at where this program is right now, Curry, and you think back to you know, where you guys uh, were, I think about that 2012 season that now is almost a decade old at this point, a team that could have played for a national championship. In fact, the guy that you just mentioned earlier, Chris Harper, he said recently that – he thinks that you guys would have won the national title over Notre Dame had you beaten uh, Baylor that year. When you think about Chris Kleiman, where this team has been, where it can go, how does Kansas State get it to that level once again? Or what does what the, the strategy have to be to at least have that opportunity in today's very difficult Big 12?
1: Yeah, I think it, it all boils down to, to program building you know i think I, i've been i've been a huge fan of coach Kleinman and his staff since they you know since they were brought on board a couple of years ago um you know i think they they've shown some some really good things in the first couple of years but i think the the, the way last year ended i think kind of left a sour taste in in everyone's mouth um and so i think this is a you know this is a pivotal season this you know going into year 3 we beat no OU in back to back seasons but you know finished you know on a big losing streak last year um you know, there, there's there's reason to be excited. I mean, you're bringing back a guy who who is you know who's a fifth year starter, essentially, um, and, and bringing back a number of really you know strong contributors around him. Uh, but but ultimately, you know, at Kansas State and, and Coach Snyder, you know, laid the you know laid the blueprints for it. You you're not getting the high you're not you're not necessarily getting the caliber of athletes that they're getting at, at other schools in the big 12 or throughout the country and so building a program is the way to compete building building a program with guys who are gonna you know gonna develop into strong contributors by the time they're juniors and seniors is 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 vital um and i, and I don't know i don't know you know what that looks like in 2021 given the given the changes with the transfer portal and everything else so so these coaches are going to have to get creative with how they build their program mm-hmm. um, because you're seeing guys leave it's such a high clip um, so now it's a matter of making sure that you're finding high school high school recruits who are going to come and going to stay and then mixing that in with you know with transfers um with you know still with with your juco guys and, and trying to make sure that that you're you know that you're creating a culture that's gonna you know incentivize guys to stick around yeah. and so to me that's the biggest thing is just getting guys who can who are going to come in and develop and stick around for the long haul um uh, because you know you don't get you don't get guys like Deuce Fawn every year you don't get a three-star recruit from texas who turns into a ter- quickly turns into a phenom you need guys who are going to you know kind of stay behind the scenes, lay low for a couple of years as they develop. And, and,
0: and then, Hey,
1: now you're a 21 year old junior, 22 year old senior, and, and things are coming together. And now you're a guy who's ready to compete, you know, compete in the big 12. And so I just, I, I hope that the staff is able to do that uh, because I think if, if you're relying on guys who were only there for a year or two, it's hard to do that with the caliber of, of athlete that, that, that will, that will come to Manhattan. So I think it's a huge year this year. I think you know if we can stay healthy, um, there's a, there's a pot. You know there's there's a good chance that this can be a good season. But I think fans are really hopeful that, that we can that we can show some real progression in year three.
0: Absolutely, Curry Sexton, our guest, former K State uh, second team All Big Twelve wide receiver, now an attorney, right here in the Kansas City area. He is on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Curry, great to have you on, man. Good to catch up, and we appreciate you joining us here on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Pete. I really appreciate it. Take care.
0: And before you go anywhere, leave us that rating, review, subscribe. It helps us tremendously. A couple of great ratings in the last week or so. Uh, Here's one. Let's see. Pete, solid Big 12 info every week. Also love getting to hear some Iowa State talk. Hoping for an exciting season. We also have this one. Baylor fan in Alabama. Great hearing Big 12 news and insight even when I do not live in Big 12 country. That's what we do here. Take 30 seconds, leave me a rating and a review, and I'll read one on the air, uh, read a couple on the air next week as we do each and every week, and I'll send you a free koozie, Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail when you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It helps us so much, and I can't thank you guys enough for doing it, and uh, really appreciate it. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a, a great week.